Father, we come into your presence. We thank you for your presence with us here today. We thank you that you are a God who empowers us, that gives us strength, that gives us new life in Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we can know you, that we can know the power of your salvation through Jesus. And Father, we thank you for our brother Dan who came this morning. And uh, we give our praise and worship to you as we open up your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this was the picture I actually meant to show while, I had, while Dan was up here. Let's see, when I look at that picture, and, and Todd put this thought in my head, I look at that and I'm saying, that's how I look when I kind of get the lid off of the jar. You know, there's some lids that just won't come off, and then I hand it to my wife and she opens it like nothing, you know. So who was Samson, and what does he teach us about strength? Well, Samson, he was the last of the 12 judges in the book of Judges. The period of Judges came right after Joshua died and before the period of the kings. Now, if you remember your Bible history, it was Joshua who led Israel into the promised land after Moses died. Now, after Joshua died, things took a turn south, and they took a turn south fast. Judges 2.8 says this, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped the various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served Baal and the Asteras. The sad verse, verse 10. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Moms and dads, what is that? What are they going to say about the next generation? Our children. Will they know the Lord? Will we be passing on to them, as Dan talked about, passing on to his children? Will we love our wives so they see how that works? Will we love God and display that for them so that they too become part of a relationship with the Lord Jesus? It's part of the reasons I believe that the book of Judges was written, so that we can see what happens when we don't remember who God is and what he has done for us. Now you can imagine that God got a little angry at being forgotten. And so he would let the surrounding nations around the nation of Israel begin to bully them so that they would feel oppressed and so that they would cry out for God. And when they did, then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Now these judges, they weren't like the court judges. These judges were more like leaders and defenders of the nation of Israel. And then the nation would turn away from God when things got good. And God would send more people to oppress them, and they would cry out, and he would send another judge. And then they would turn away, and he would oppress them, and they would cry out, and he would send another judge. And, and so we come to this line of judges who go from good to bad to Samson. So what does Samson teach us about being strong? Well, let's look at his start. The irony is that Samson had a very promising start, a very promising beginning. But in spite of his promise in the beginning, Samson was a man who was renowned for his strength, but ruined by his weaknesses. There are many lessons that we could learn from the life of Samson and his 20-year career as a judge. We could look at the terrible state of the nation of Israel and the commentary that a leader like Samson has to say about their broken relationship with God. But I want to focus this morning and pretty shortly on where Samson got his strength. 
Where does our strength come from? You know, we all admire strong people, don't we? Especially physically. Strong people are people who seem to have it all together. They don't crumble in a crisis. Instead, they're calm. It seems that they always have things under control. They've always got themselves under control. They always seem to be in charge of the situation. Everybody wants to be a strong person. But is it possible to be a strong person physically, but also to be a weakling in other areas of your life, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually? Samson was the strongest man in the Bible who we know physically. Physically, he was incredibly strong, but spiritually and as a man of character, he came up a little short. Physically, you'd have to call Samson maybe the, the Rambo of the Old Testament, but that's not where his strength came from. Ultimately, it came from God, as, as Isaac said here this morning. But Samson had the potential to be a superstar all his life for God. In Judges 13, it says the woman, talking about Samson's mom, gave birth to a boy and named him Samson, and he grew, and the Lord blessed him. Right from birth, he was a special child. Samson, if you look at it, he had everything going for him. He had good looks. He had strength, supernatural strength. He had a godly family. He had God's blessing on his life. He was voted most likely to succeed in his high school yearbook. Right? He had unlimited capabilities and potential. And most importantly, from birth, even before birth, he was a Nazarite by vow. As a young man, he took a Nazarite vow, which is a vow of complete dedication to God. But when he became a teenager, he rebelled. He went his own way. He walked away. Maybe that describes you. Dan talked about that in his own life. Samson wasn't blessed with great strength so that he could show off at parties, so that he could impress all the girls or threaten all of the guys. No, he was given great strength to serve God's purpose and not his own. You see, sometimes your strength, oddly enough, can become a weakness. Sometimes your blessings can become a weakness. Sometimes we rest on our blessings as though they were abilities of our own making. Samson did that. How about you? Has God blessed you with good looks, money, financially stable, a good 401k, a big house? Have you slipped into thinking that's where your strength comes from? Little by little, Samson discounted his vow. Little by little, he stopped trusting God for his strength and started trusting himself. Samson didn't know what was happening to his life, but one day he woke up and he had lost it all. He had lost his strength. David in the Psalms tells us, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I think you could probably slip strength in there too. My strength comes from the Lord. Paul tells us in Ephesians, Last of all, I want you to remember that your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand safe against all strategies and tricks of Satan. Samson, he lets self-indulgence, bitterness, anger, and carelessness cloud his mind and thinking to the point that he was focused on himself as his source of strength in life and he turned to parties in good time instead of God's calling Samson he was following his own calling now I'm not talking about being a stick in the mud who never has time to enjoy life there's nothing wrong with with fun and enjoyment and entertainment I'm talking about a lack of self-control I'm talking about an undisciplined life I'm talking about not being a disciplined person uh, in, your, in your personal and your private life. Anything left uncontrolled is going to weaken you. 
Maybe it's spending money. It could be sex. It could be food. It could be alcohol and drugs. It could be your emotions, how you manage time. Anything that's left out of control is going to weaken you. And everybody has their pet indulgence. Things that we like to do. I like to eat. Mine shows. All of us have our little indulgences. It's no secret that Samson had a weakness for women. There's no doubt about that. He was the, the playboy of the Bible. He was sensuous. He was impulsive. In three chapters in the book of Judges, he has three different women that we know of and maybe more. He never learned his lesson. He fell into one trap after another. In chapter 14, we find the very first encounter. Samson went down to Timnah and Saul, a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as wife. This was his philosopher, his philosophy getter. His father and mother said, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your own relatives, your own people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistine to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. In the Hebrew, literally, it means get her for me because she pleases me. The New Testament, uh, the New American Standard says, Get her for me. She looks good. And that's the way Samson lived his life. Self-indulgence. It robbed him of his true strength. All he considered was his own pleasure. She pleases me. I want her. I can get her. I've got to have her. Now, my indulgences, they run to the cold and creamy. Cold, stone, creamy. What a nice place. I like that place. Unabashedly caters to the ice cream indulgent. Their trademark sizes are like it, Love it and gotta have it. I'm down there on the gotta have it end. And if I was by myself, I might gotta have it twice. If I was really hungry, maybe we'll do that for lunch today. I don't know. You know, all of our, our typical excuses for self-indulgence, no matter what it is, is this attitude. Just this one time. It couldn't hurt. Just this one time. Satan's favorite rationalization is it's just a small thing. The fact is small things can have an enormous impact in your life. Finish this expression with me. A moment on the lips, a lifetime or forever on the hips. That's right. Small thing can have a lasting impact on your physique. And little by little, Samson began to lose sight of where his true strength came from. Samson took a vow called the Nazarite vow, which included, among other things, no alcohol at any times, a very special kind of diet, no touching dead bodies, even if your family members died, and a vow to never cut his hair. Never cutting his hair was to remind him that, Samson, you are different. You are totally dedicated to God. Who strengthens you? So the strength of Samson was not in his hair. The strength of Samson was in his commitment and his reliance and his relationship with God. The hair represented that commitment for him as a judge. The hair represented the vow that he had made as a young man saying, God, I am going to live for you and for your purposes. The problem is that in Samson's life, he, he totally forgot his vows. He sold out, he compromised, he broke them. The biggest mistake in Samson's life is that he refused to take himself seriously and to take God seriously. It was like, how close can I get to the fire and not get burned? How close can I stand on the edge of the cliff and not fall off? I used to do that when I was a young man. Make my mother freak out just doing it on purpose when we were camping. Get closer and closer to the edge and lean over. And she'd be, oh, Joe, make him stop. She'd be terrified. He was constantly playing that way. 
And that led to Delilah and his downfall. In chapter 16, we have the very famous story that we all know about, the barber shop scene in Samson's life. Samson, he had a weakness for women. Three different women, three different chapters. The last one named Delilah succeeded in bringing him down. Four different times she pressed Samson for the key to his vow and his strength. And each time Samson let down his guard just a little bit more. If you take and bind me with seven fresh thongs that haven't been dried, then I'll be as weak as anyone else. But he just burst them, party over. If you bind me with new ropes, I'll never be strong again. But he broke the ropes, he killed his enemies, and he went free again. Now you think Samson would start catching on, right? I mean, you would figure if your wife kept asking you the secret of your strength, and every night you woke up and there were strange men in your bedroom who were trying to kill you, that you might figure something was up. To him, it was just a game, just playing. He was fully trusting in himself for protection. But he kept compromising a little at a time. If you weave the seven locks of my hair into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with a pin, then I'll be weak like other men. He's getting closer, getting closer, that he won't have strength. Finally, in verse 16 of chapter 16 of Judges, it says, With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. And it says in verse 17, so he told her everything. And that was it. You know what the problem is with Samson's life? He compromised once too often. His lifestyle had been weakened over years. The haircut was simply the final straw. It wasn't overnight. His entire lifestyle was robbing him of the very strength that God had given him. And he didn't see it happening. And look at what happened. It's tragic in verse 19. After putting him to sleep on her lap. Oh, come here. Lay your little head right here. Let me put you to sleep. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. He must have been a sound sleeper. <laughs> and, so, and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. And then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Samson thinking, hey, what else is new? He's just going to kill him and break free again. He woke up from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. I underlined that. It's one of the, I think, I think the most tragic verses in the Bible. He did not know that the Lord had left him. When we trust our own strength and cunning, God is happy at times to let us fall so that we know where our true strength comes from. Paul demonstrates this for us. Paul prays three times for God to heal him, and this is how God replies. Three different times I begged God to make me well again. Each time he said, no, but I am with you. That is all you need. My power shows up best in weak people. Now I am glad to boast about how weak I am. I am glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power instead of showing off my own power and abilities. Look at the tragic results for Samson. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to grinding in the prison. But the story doesn't end in tragedy. But, and that's the important word, the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. 
The hair on his head, remember I said that hair didn't represent, wasn't his strength, it represented his dependence on God, where his strength came from. And Samson in prison, being blind, being bound, being in forced labor, he had a lot of time to think. He had a lot of time to examine his life and where things went wrong. He had the ability to say, Lord, I've blown it. Lord, I've made a royal mess of my life. I've copped out. I've made miserable choices in my life. But his hair began to grow again. Maybe, just maybe, God will give me a second chance. And the good news of the gospel is that the God we serve is a God of second chances. And third chances and fourth chances. He stands with open arms for us to come back and to be made whole and to be made right and new. And Samson came and he prayed and he repented and he got right with God and he committed his life to God and he started over and God began to build strength back into Samson. And Samson's greatest victory came on the last day of his life. It says that Samson was taken into a pagan temple so that they could make fun of him. And they put him between two pillars, between two columns that held up the entire roof. They did not know that he had been praying, that he had been back on the right track really knowing where his true strength came from. And Samson prayed, Lord, just in my last effort, let me get revenge on my enemies and yours. And he began to push and strain with every ounce of muscle, and he pushed the two pillars out. And the ceiling collapsed, and it killed 3,000 of God's enemies that day. It was the greatest victory in his life. Faith Fellowship Church, don't lose sight of where your true strength comes from. Our strength comes from the Lord. Ushers and worship team, you can make your way forward. In the middle of his letter to the Ephesians, Paul offers up this prayer. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen.